my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am so happy to be coming before you again today. Um, the beginning of this podcast episode, you might hear a little bit of a buzz in the background. I have my gardeners outside and they are having a great time. Um, and I want to make sure that I get this episode out to you. So, so many things, so many things. Where do I start? I haven't had announcements in a while. And so guess what? We got an announcement today. So today's announcement is um, a very big deal. So those of you who've been following for a while, you know that I have signature courses or a signature course called Learn to Thrive. And this has kind of been my catch-all for all things that I talk about on this podcast, which is about um, us learning how to heal our attachment with ourselves and others, break out of the cycles of love addiction, um, building our own self-love and that program has done some phenomenal things for the women who have been an active part of it. Um, and it's just really awesome to see, um, just, I guess, to serve the most wonderful women in the world. And so there's that. And then I launched the healed and loved woman, which is a very, um, slow burn and a deep dive for a whole year into resolving, um, family attachment issues. And over the years I've done like multiple, like different workshops and classes. And then I mentioned how I wanted to start focusing on couples, um, or women who are in healthy partnerships with couples, but now they're struggling, struggling with learning how to bring their full selves and learn how to attach and learn how to be present because they've been in dysfunction for so long. There's still some fear and letting go. Um, there's some fear and communicating, um, and all that. So all that's happening. And I worked very hard. Um, I've worked very hard to kind of niche down and become very focused instead of trying to do all things for all people. And I tried to do so in my offerings, but here's the thing. As I help people heal and as I help people learn to grow, more things evolve and pop up and they're all related to the initial issue. So I've said multiple times on this podcast how when we start this healing process, some of us may feel like it is just a checkbox. So we come into this and we say, okay, here's my problem. Let me check it off. And then I'm in it and then I'm done. And what you actually find out when you actually start healing is that you never actually arrive. There's never a place that you come to and you're like, oh, okay, I'm done. What actually happens is 
your awareness of different places that you have wounding and brokenness and unresolved issues gets bigger, right? And with that awareness, hopefully you've learned some tools along the way. Hopefully you've learned some best practices um, to help you um, practice that self-compassion and love as you continue to heal all the things that are underneath it. So basically we're like onions. We have layers and you peel one layer off and there's still more underneath. That is the healing process. Um, and as learn you're learning to love the fact that you're layered while continuing to peel that onion. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So with all that said, I've come to the realization that as long as I'm in this work, I am going to continually be helping women peel the onion. Um, There's going to be constant layers and it's not necessarily my recovered workaholism that is behind all of this, but because in order for me to help women heal in the way that I want to, this is just part of the game. And I'm good with that. What I'm not good with is creating multiple offerings and courses, having women women have to pay for every different product, every different new offering, especially because I literally created my original platforms and um, my original courses and the way that I approach my work when I coach women because my experience with healing was that I was piecemealing things together and I was constantly having to like research and find and 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 put all this stuff and try to make my own and it was very expensive and time intensive and um, felt very repetitive at times and I just had this desire where just tell me what to do. Just tell me what I need to do. Someone just make it clear, make it plain. Can we all just have this together in one place and I'll do it. I will follow the process and I will get better. You know, I am a rule follower by nature. I am someone who likes systems and processes and I like clarity. So just make it clear and I'll do that. And, um, That was not available for me when I first started healing from love addiction and it wasn't any easier for me, even though I'm a licensed therapist, I had to make my own way. So I created Learn to Thrive and my other programs to be that one place for women. And it's not looking that way. So my solution to all this is that I am doing away with all of the individual courses. Actually, I'm not doing away with them. I'm actually combining everything together into one single platform, one single membership that I'm calling the recovery school. And so that means that anyone who opts into this monthly membership will get exposed, will get access, exposed is so the wrong word. <laughs> you will get access to every single one of my materials, um, access to coaching, access to the incentives, access to the membership, everything immediately as soon as you 
become a member. And you'll also get access to all the ways and all the things that I will be adding to the recovery school in the future. So some things that I have planned, of course, um, working through things with couples. Um, if you see the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about sex today. Um, and I'm going to tell you why in a moment. So some materials around um, healthy sex. There is something called perinatal um, trauma, um, pre perinatal postnatal trauma, which basically means that the things that happen to us in our womb or when we're in our mother's womb implants seeds of trauma and wounding that affects us as adults. So for example, if our mother was highly anxious or had a huge trauma while she was pregnant with us, us as fetuses in the womb, in the womb, our nervous systems are, are working. And so we pick up on what is happening with our mothers and it actually carries into us into life post birth, unless it's resolved. And so I'll be having, um, more episodes about that going on in the future, but then there will also be materials in the recovery school. And this might be some of the reason why some of us may feel very anxious, sad, or depressed. And we also don't know where we can connect this to. Why is it so hard for us to connect to ourselves when there may not be anything externally? Well, maybe we need to ask our mothers or maybe we know what might've happened when they were pregnant with us. Of course, this is related to racial trauma and how that affects us. Um, wanting to have specific things just for that in the recovery school because, you know, this is Black Girls Heal. And so talking specifically about how that affects us and learn to thrive. I actually um, recently had a post in our group because I've been wanting to add more resources and it's been hard to figure out, okay, well, where does this go? That doesn't feel hokey or tangential or not related to the curriculum that the women are following. And so this is that opportunity. So I'm very excited about this. Um, also what I love about a membership is that people can register and unenroll as needed. So you're not locked into being a member for um, eight to nine months as far as monthly payments. If you do not want to do that or you feel like you don't need it, you can take what you need and leave the rest. Um, so I'm so excited about this. It will be opening doors in February. Um, at this point, everything has been shut down. So um, you can't take the masterclass, which talked about Learn to Thrive right now because um, everything is being condensed into this membership platform. Um, you can't um, become a member, obviously, of the Healed and Loved Woman um, because doors closed for that a while ago. But if you're interested in either of those two, they will be a part of the recovery school. So it's going to be so great. February is our birthday. So I consider February the birthday of Black Girls Heal because that's when the podcast launched. We actually started around Christmas. So fun fact, my two favorite holidays are Christmas number one and, um, and Valentine's Day. 
And for the longest time, I felt like I couldn't like Valentine's Day because you're not supposed to like Valentine's Day. You're supposed to feel like it's a made-up holiday and, um, you know, who cares about it and real love doesn't matter um, what day it is. You know, love is spread all year, yada, yada, yada. But I love Valentine's Day. I love the hearts. I love the colors. I love gifting people with um, things to show that you care about them. Even when I was single, I felt like I had to hate Valentine's Day. You know, there goes the codependence. But I had to hate Valentine's Day because it was giving me pressure to be in a relationship. And really, I felt pressure to hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> so the fact this is related to Black Girls Heal because Black Girls Heal actually, my first post, my first initiative, my first launch was, what, two and a half years ago or two years since some change ago on Christmas Day in 2017. And then this podcast relaunched on Valentine's Day of 2019. And so I have incorporated my love for those things here. And so on our birthday month, we will be opening doors for the recovery school for you to join as needed um, at different points throughout the year. So I'm very excited for y'all to have that option. Okay, so with all that said, let's get into our topic. So the title of this episode is Sex as an Attachment Issue. So I have not done a good um, service over the last year when it comes to talking about how we attach to ourselves and how we attach to others, especially when I talk about love addiction and love avoidance and love anorexia, because our sexual sexuality is such an, an integral part of the equation. Our sexuality involves us. It is one of the most um, intense expressions of who we are, of being vulnerable, of being seen. Um, of feeling like we have value to allow another person into our space, what we do in those moments, what we avoid in those moments, how we show up, how we hide, um, our rules around it, our lack of rules around it are all just immediate expressions of how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about the world and how we feel about others. Um, and I haven't talked about it in, um, in this past year. So this is my introduction into it. Plus, there's going to be an ask, a very, very serious ask from you as audience members. So I'm just putting that plug in your ear before we continue because I need you and I'm going to tell you why I need you in a moment. So my introduction into these areas is I just want to share with you four ways that I have seen sex and or sexual issues show up as attachment issues in the women that I've worked with, um, both in coaching and online and also in my personal practice, how I've seen it show up in my friend groups, how I've seen it show up even with myself. Um, And these are all things that are so common that either, like a lot of things I've talked about on this podcast, women don't know that there are words for it. They don't know that it's actually a thing. They just think that this is just normal and how it is for everyone. 
or they feel like they there may be something wrong with them, but it maybe it's just them. And so they don't say anything or they just kind of suffer in silence or try to fix it themselves. And I everything that I'm going to say here now is very common, common enough to where I can explain it to you. Um, and also things that can be healed. And so it is up to you to decide your next steps, but sometimes just knowing that these things exist and um, don't have to be this way can be our first step out. So you know what to expect. The issues that I'm going to list are using sex in a way to get love, using sex to self-medicate, um, losing the desire for sex once you're in a committed relationship with someone, especially if they are healthy, the shame and disconnection that happens with your body, and also, um, again, revisiting the, the belief or the experience that sex with unhealthy people for you is more enjoyable than sex with people who are healthy for you. I'm going to dig into all those things and why those are attachment issues right now. So the first way that I have seen sex as an attachment issue is using sex to get love. And so this is what I mean when I say, um, me talking about love addiction, it's been a, I've done a disservice to not mention sex and his role in, in this, um, kind of play. So some of us, um, we self-medicate with love or the, 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 um, fantasy of love, um, by seeking relationships, staying attached to people who are toxic for us, um, losing our sense of self and self-worth, um, and just crumbling. And that's what it looks like on the outside. And the way that sex can be a part of that is, uh, we use sex to get someone to stay. We mistake sex for being love. We... Um, this is for those of us who may lead in our relationships with our sexuality. And so here's, here's the problem that, um, we can run into or people like me can run into when I talk about this is that, um, it can look like, um, I am slut shaming. It can look like I'm saying that women cannot have agency over their bodies, that is bad to have one night stands or just be in it to, um, to have sex and get off. And, and that that's, that's what I'm commenting on. That's not what I'm commenting at, on at all. Um, uh, all of those things, all the things that I've mentioned just now are great and healthy. If you are actively intentionally choosing it from a place of inner strength and decision, it becomes unhealthy when you are using this as a way to forwardly connect with someone because you struggle with your own self-worth and you struggle with your own self-image um, and you feel like your body is what you have to give on its own. That um, almost as if you are, um, you might struggle with feeling empty underneath. And if you can get someone to want you and desire you sexually, then that is ultimate. And then from there, you just kind of go along with what he or she may want from you after that. You kind of just work into and fit the mold of what they want. That is unhealthy. 
because you there you have no agency, you have no identity um, because you're forming your identity on who that person wants you to be or who you think they want you to be. I see this so often with women and the, the women who come to my office is, is very hard because, um, cause we're at a place, thankfully in our country, in our nation where women are being encouraged and being celebrated to, to retake back our, our power over our bodies and our voices and what we want and to be seen as sexual beings and creatures, just as much as men that we are not lesser, right? Um, Cause for so long, even when we talked about um, sex therapy and, um, and sex help, it was trying to get women to be more like men versus helping women evolve as women and what that might look like for us to be ravenous and be um, desirable and all those things. And that's great. But when we are using sex in a way to mask our low self-worth, it can get all mixed up to where we might think, okay, I just need to do more of this. And then eventually it will end up in someone loving me, someone choosing me versus the fact that that's going to be hard for you to find because you haven't chosen yourself. It always starts with you. Your relationship starts with you. So that is one way that I've seen sex as an attachment issue, um, trying to use sex and sexuality to get love, um, as the only or the main way of seeing one's worth. And often this is because we grew up in households where our worth was not esteemed. Um, so this was one way that might've been easy for us. This does not necessarily have to mean that it was related to, being sexually abused, but sometimes it is, but not always. You know, if you are someone who is forgotten and overlooked often, you may find very quickly as a young lady, young woman, that um, leading with your sexuality gets you very instant attention. That for some people, not everybody, but for some people might be, be very intoxicating. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. And validating. Though often it is short-lived when that is the thing that is led with. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Another way that I have under the same bullet point, so I guess there's probably going to be technically five things, um, but um, I listed it as four. Um, but the second thing is, um, using sex and sexuality to self-medicate in a way that is detrimental. So I'm not going to go all into it, um, for the sake of time of this podcast. Um, and also to leave space for, um, my ask of you as audience members, but the way that I've seen this in women is, um, women who struggle with compulsive, um, addiction to pornography to the point that they feel like they have lost control. And so this can be sometimes confused with shame that one feels with, um, watching porn, like it's a bad or dirty thing for women to do. Um, those who may have religious inclinations that are against pornography and feeling shame about that. Um, and either feeling like it's an addiction and calling in that when it's not, or it is an actual addiction and you're struggling to stop. But in the purest sense of the word, um, pornography addiction is when you need a substance to function. So needing it to go to sleep at night, needing it whenever you are very nervous and anxious, needing it whenever you need to be self-soothed, um, spending money on platforms and things even when you don't want to, sneaking to watch it at work even when um, you may not want to do that. Again, it's doing things that you do not want. That is the key. Whenever you are doing things that you do not want to do and when you are struggling to do the things that you do want to do, that is for whatever thing, whether it's food, gambling, shopping, work, whatever it is, that is an area for you to look at. And just for this episode, we are talking about sex um, related to compulsivity um, and using that as an attachment issue because, again, our self-medication comes from a place because we do not know how to soothe ourselves. So we look for things outside of us 
to help us. And whenever our wound is so deep, whenever the pain um, is so deep, sometimes the things that we are trying to use on the outside, they feel like not enough. And so we continue to need more and more and more to try to get the same relief that we had at first. And it never really happens. So um, pornography. Then um, I've had women who've struggled with compulsive masturbation to the point where they have um, felt like they have, um, that they have actually hurt themselves. Um, it has um, damaged their sex life. Anytime, and let me say here, in case I have some sex therapists um, listening right now, if you are at a place where you are hurting yourself, I strongly, 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 strongly encourage you to not have this be your only um, method of support. Even though I've made it very clear that I want every person to um, be a part of our platform and our materials, I love the fact that you listen. I want you, if you are in pain or hurting yourself, to seek medical attention, which is not just your gynecologist or your doctor. It also includes a registered trained sex therapist. It could also include a pelvic floor physical therapist where their entire focus is on the pelvic region. Um, but get support and help. You do not need to suffer. But um, same thing as the other things that I've talked about, using um, masturbation in a way to self-medicate to the point to where it is no longer enjoyable to you. Um you struggle to orgasm when you do orgasm, it, um, it is flat. And, um, again, to the point where maybe you may hurt yourself. And another way that people may use sex to self-medicate is to sexualize their feelings. So everything makes you feel like you are horny and want to have sex. So whenever you are angry you want to have sex. Anytime you're sad, you want to have sex. Anytime you're frustrated, you want to have sex. Anytime you feel disconnected and overwhelmed, you want to have sex. And sex is a natural um, relaxation relaxation agent whenever it is like when you're healthy and you're connected to your body. So that is completely normal for you like think something really great happened and let's have sex to celebrate. Um, that is a normal process. The problem with that I'm talking about is when sex is your go-to for all of your emotions because you don't know how to be in touch with your emotions yourself. So anytime there might be a hint of pain or a hint of frustration or a hint of disappointment, um, immediately you feel horny. And oftentimes you don't even realize that that is the case, that you're sexualizing your feelings until you start to try to get in touch with your emotions and find that it's hard, that it's stunted, that it's painful. Um, and that, um, sex has become your only expression. So it's when it's your only expression is when it's the issue, not when it is a expression. I just want to be very clear because there is a fine, there's a fine line and, um, addressing when sex has become a problem for us and shaming you for your sexuality or slut shaming. And that is not what I want to do. And that's not what I want to communicate. Um, but I do want to be able to help those of us who are finding that 
there are problems in this area, have words for it. Another way that I have seen sexual up as an attachment issue is struggling to connect with partners um, and to have attachment. And so in the same way that many of us may have walls with people um, and struggle to let people in emotionally, the same thing can happen in the bedroom um, or on the couch or on the chair, on the floor, wherever it is that you do the do. So on one hand, um, many people, um, men and women and um, non-binary individuals may seek to be able to get to a place to where sex is just for sex sake and not because you're trying to have this intimate, deep, emotional connection with someone. And everyone has their own rules and values around that. And so that's not what I'm commenting on. I'm commenting on whatever that may be the case. And when you are trying, when you do have someone that you care about, that you want to be emotionally connected to, that you want to be involved with, it is hard for you to do that as well. It is hard for you to turn that part of you back on. And so sometimes what happens is people find that they can do one or the other. It's very hard to do both. So either I'm very emotionally connected to you, um, but sex, there's like come something off or sex is really great and hot, um, but emotionally it's hard to connect. Because remember, the things that we talk about here are intimacy disorders. It's hard to allow people to see our full selves. And so we may show part of ourselves, but not all of ourselves. This totally launches in directly to the next thing that I want to talk about. And so this is for people who are in the healthy, committed partnerships. And this is what has prompted my ask. So I'm going to tell you what my ask is a little bit early. I'm going to repeat it at the end. But first, let me tell you what this is connected to. It is very common for women who are in healthy, committed partnerships newly at the beginning that you can start off having really, really great sex. But as you have gotten closer to commitment and vulnerability, then your interest in sex has decreased or gone away. And often people can be flabbergasted. And when you look out there, especially if sex starts off so good and so connected, why all of a sudden do you no longer have any interest? And most of the materials that are out there talk more to people who have been in relationships for a long period of time. So kind of like, and, and the idea being, well, when you add kids and when you add work-life stress and when you've known each other for a long time, things just kind of get boring. And that's not necessarily the case. That leaves out a whole group of people who um, have this issue when they are still newly dating, newly engaged, newly married, and um, and it happens, and it can be very confusing as to why. And um, the reason why this happens sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, often, and the women that I work with <laughs> is um, a laugh because I always feel like I have to give disclaimers. It's the therapist in me. I I struggle sometimes to say this is exactly what is happening because you have to leave 
leave it open for possibility. You have to leave it open to learn. Um, often what the case is, is it's the commitment and the, the ask for being vulnerable. That is the most scary to the person, either consciously or subconsciously. Sometimes there is sexual trauma, um, behind it. Sometimes it is because you do not know how to be in touch with your sexuality and what you need. Maybe for the most part, you've gone along with what has worked for other partners. Maybe you struggle with asking for what you need and being in touch with that part of yourself and seeing yourself as a full sexual being. And so now that you're getting closer to someone, the masks are coming off and you have to step into expressing that. That is very scary. You don't know where to start. And as a result, your body is shutting down in protection. Your body is afraid um, of being rejected, of being hurt. Um, uh, this is now starting to be seen as a threat because of what may be asked of you as far as this attachment and intimacy and connection. And so that's why even couples who are newly together and who deeply love each other, now the sex has... Um, on your part, can't really speak to your partner, but on your part, it's, um, it's not as enjoyable or you may have lost interest or you may be afraid of it, or you may have a lot of anxiety because it's connected to a deeper trauma. So there's two more ways that I want to share how sex as an attachment issue show up. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you what my ask is. I want to share more about these topics here on the podcast for those who feel like it relates. And I need to know what resonates with you the most. And so my ask is that you complete a confidential survey um, that you can find by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash sex survey. The link is going to be in the show notes, but also um, I'm telling it to you here verbally. I'll also... Um, have a link in our Instagram profile in our bio for you to complete. Um, but I really need and would like to know, no, I need to know, I need to know what is resonating with you the most. You don't have to go into a whole lot of detail. You can absolutely go into a whole lot of detail if you wish, but I would love to talk more about these topics to help you heal and then, of course, I would love to actually create materials for you in the recovery school for those of you who choose to become members to actually walk you through this process and help you do this healing process um, on your own um, or in, with the help of a therapist um, or while you're looking to find a therapist, because that's also another reason why a lot of students work with me, because they're struggling to find someone who they feel like is a good fit. I want that for you. So blackgirlsheal.org slash sex survey. And here are the last two. Related to what I just said, whenever sex as an attachment issue can show up as shame and disconnection to your body. So um, that struggle to see yourself as a sexual being, um, that it may be seen as dirty or wrong, this is especially present, obviously, with those of us who may have had some sexual abuse and trauma. It is also very common with those of us who have had spiritual abuse and trauma or hyper-religious um, backgrounds or maybe normal religious backgrounds. I'm thinking specifically of Christianity 
um, and also of Muslim tradition and um, Islam in some cases, um, because these two religions are typically very patriarchal or um, it's shame-based in the, in the aspect of sex is only to be seen and enjoyed and talked about or mentioned in the context of marriage only. And so up until that point, it all needs to be on lockdown. Um, you, if you talk about it, if you masturbate, if you fantasize, if you do anything, um, it's a sin and you should just wait until you get married. And if that is your belief and value, wonderful. Again, whatever you choose is fine. The problem is the messages that you may need to adopt along the way sometimes in order to uphold that tradition. And that fear of sex and sexuality does not magically go away on your wedding night. It is not easy to magically unlock all of the ways that you've shut down your body and um, your sexual, the way that your body works sexually just because it is now your honeymoon. And it's a really big surprise for a lot of, um, for people, especially if they know that they are very sexually attracted to their wife or their husband and they've been waiting for this time. And then when it comes down to it, it's not what they expected it to be. So there's that. And then like I already mentioned, learning how to claim what you want in your body, knowing what feels good to you, being able to ask for it, being able to withstand it. Some of us know what we want, but even getting that, that act or getting that attention to our body or to um, ourselves or someone looking at us and desiring us is very, very scary. Um, is very unsettling to be seen. It's very unsettling to be taken care of. That's why many of us who are codependent, it is safer for us to focus on someone else versus on our own needs. And so when it's all about me, and are you sure I can't do anything for you? Okay, let's let's do you now. Let's, okay, that's enough of me. Let's do you. All of that, all of that is a trauma response. Related to the shame and disconnection from your body, some of us may struggle with having any desire for sexuality um, or sex at all. And this is different than being asexual because we may have the desire for sexual connection at different points in time, but whenever we become exposed to it or it becomes um, an option for us, we get very afraid, we get very anxious, and we shut that part of our body down. So again, different than asexuality for women and men who may be asexual um, and not have that desire, period, point blank. But for you, you have it, but... um, the, the thought of it or the experience of it is very overwhelming. And again, that's because it involves a full connection of your body, mind, spirit. And that's a little bit too much. There is a book called Sexual Anorexia that talks about this. Um, for those of you who may be interested in it, um, that may have some good points for you um, and stand out for you. And the last one, and this is the one that definitely um, came up Um, or has come up with um, the women who have helped, especially in Learn to Thrive, who um, are doing this as single women and are looking to start to date, is that fear that 
sex with a healthy partner will not be as good with a toxic partner. So sex basically being more fun with unhealthy people is the last way that I've seen sex show up as an attachment issue. And the reason why this is a case that this is the case is trauma bonds. It's not that bad guys or bad girls um, are necessarily better at sex than someone who is healthy because usually someone who is healthy is more attentive to you. They are more invested and involved with you. They see you more, they're more responsive, but it is more passionate or enticing with someone who is unhealthy because you got the trauma bonds kicking off, right? It can be one of the most intense expressions of connection that you have with someone else. And so if a trauma bond is used to try to resolve woundings with people who've been unavailable to you and you have someone with you embracing you, it seems very available. It seems very intoxicating. It seems very, um, it could seem like the ultimate experience when really just like connection in other areas with someone who is toxic for you, it is really more about you projecting what you want the experience to be on this person. So if you have struggled with connecting with someone who is healthy and feeling like you have better sex and connection with people who are unhealthy, this is a way that your attachment issues are showing up. So this is a long episode. And again, this is just potentially an introduction to going deeper into these topics if it's if this is enough and if um, I get feedback that this was great and this is all that you needed to put a word to it, then that's fine. However, what I would really love to do, if this is all that was needed, I would still love to hear from those of you who that this has impacted and touched by you completing um, that survey. So you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash sex survey. So I hope that this is helpful to you. So that is it for this episode. I hope that you find it helpful and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.